everybody, to episode 107 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and uh, I'm happy that you're uh, listening today. Uh, joining me, as always, is my co-host on the show and in life, ladies and gentlemen, the very talented Ashes Von Nightmare. Happy Thursday, everyone. Uh, it is a happy Thursday, because it's almost Friday, and it's almost the weekend, and... You know, that's for those of you who don't work like a retail schedule, but work like a normal schedule. Maybe today is your day off, and uh, I just want to thank you for uh, spending it with us, even if you're not listening to this on a Thursday. Uh, we are also joined, of course, by the hardest working man in podcasting, the man with the velvet voice, the rather bootylicious oh, we're bringing Johnny back. Wolfenstein. <laughs> I think I'd prefer to go to the hottest, uh, and I mean in terms of temperature, it's really hot in here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's rather toasty. It's rather toasty. But uh, hopefully the AC will, you know, kick in a little bit more and it'll cool down. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's weird. Like, walking up the stairs into the studio, it's like, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, it's not so bad in here. Then, like, for whatever reason, you get to the top of the stairs and, like, it's like the heat just kind of hangs there, and as soon as you hit a certain level, it just lands yeah. on you. It's almost like the reverse of like going into hell, except you're going up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some people's version of heaven is a sauna. Not me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, again. Saunas can be nice, though. Have you ever taken a sauna? I have, and I didn't like it. I thought I was going to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, this isn't fun. This isn't fun. Like, I, I I think I was in there for about four minutes before I literally couldn't take it and I had to get out of there. Well, you're not supposed to spend, like, a extended period of time No, I, I understand, but I couldn't make it past four minutes in the sauna. I feel like, like that could be, like, a short film. Yeah, four minutes four in minutes. the sauna. Oh, uh, somebody almost killed Homer doing that in uh, one of the Simpsons episodes. Came out, he was all wrinkled, he looked like jerky but uh we've had an eventful uh time since the last episode aired uh ashes why don't you tell the folks what we did uh last friday with uh with uh, i would say good friend of the show she hasn't been on yet but we will be uh we will be remedying that situation she and i have chatted but uh, why don't you give us a, a little background of what we did last Friday? I believe we ate cookies. We did. We did have cookies. Uh, we had some water. Uh, I had a pack of salty, salty nuts. And uh, but what? Why did we have cookies? Where were we? Um, I just—they were like the Milano cookies that are really delicious. We were not in Italy, though. No, we were not. Uh, someday. Someday. Um, no. So our friend and a friend of a lot of you guys, Andrea Blanin, shot out this big Facebook-wide search for extras for her most recent horror short film that she was working on. And we had Ruined. nothing else better to do on a Friday. So well, we said, that's yeah. not true. We could have we could have gone to see Ant Man and the Wasp, but uh, this is a, a very unique experience. 
So, it, yeah, and it was really cool. Um, I have done similar stuff back in my college days. I participated in many a short student films. So it was kind of cool to bring, bring brought me back to, to that. Um, I used to do a lot of acting, and I don't so much do it anymore. So that was really cool. And Patsy you, got you must to, do some of it with Patsy. Oh, I, 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 this is true. Actually, we do it at work. In, in, in this, oh is boy, true. that's really that's a really great idea. And you should <laughs> yeah. continue doing exactly if only that. There Your were jokes Oscars are so good. for real life, you know. <laughs> My jokes yeah. are that good. <laughs> See, I'm acting right now. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to <laughs> goes to me. Me. Um. I did a lot. I, speaking of Oscars, I actually won the class Oscar my senior year. People can't see your air bunnies. My air, my air bunnies. Um, class Oscar for best actor slash actress in the senior class. Yeah, you have. That's it what we called it. Like you know, some some schools call it superlatives or whatever we call it. Called it the the class Oscars. So yeah, I have like a little mini Oscar from. Murdoch High School, <laughs> class of 2003, chilling somewhere in all of my old stuff. So, yeah. yeah but it was really cool. Um, got to see a lot of, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the way that the camera was working, uh, how they set up the place. And as I was saying, Patsy got to knock something off of his bucket list, so that's cool. Yep, I've always wanted to be in a film and... Um, we did have an opportunity. Uh, Wolfie, I believe you were in that one, the uh, Signal to Noise. Yep. Uh, but we had already had plans for that day, so we were unable to uh, to get out there and be in that one. But uh, I'm very excited uh, to be a part of this one. I, I was also in, let's see, it, it, it just had like a rap party. Um, but our friends, uh, Bill by Force from Survival, he's making a movie called Survival of the Film Freaks, mm-hmm. and he's on Outside the Cinema. Uh, he interviewed myself and Dynamo from Trick or Treat Radio, and uh, we ended up making the cut. We're in the final version of the film, which is uh, surprising and, and nice, uh, because they, they recorded it at Rock and Shock, and the audio was less than stellar, because it was actually on the show floor, but they had an audio guy, cleaned it up, and uh, they were able to use some of it, so... We oh, that's are, so cool. Yeah, we're in that. So it's kind of cool. And we're also, mo- all the Trick or Treat Radio guys were in uh, Brian Paulin, who is an extreme gore director. Uh, he has such films as Blood Pigs, and uh, his latest one upcoming is called Septic. And all of us were able to, to you know, appear in that. I don't know when that's going to be coming out, but that should be uh, an interesting one. <laughs> Dynamo played a gay sultan. Yeah, no, he oh, yeah. played a dead body most of the time, actually. <laughs> oh, no, I was thinking John Holmes in a th- towards the end of his career. My mistake. I get uh, the two of them confused sometimes. I don't I don't know John Holmes' career, so... I only know through uh, the writings of uh, Bill Simmons, <laughs> formerly of ESPN. He talked yes. about that a lot. But, yeah, it's kind of cool to have the opportunity to do something like that, so... 
it's obviously on a smaller scale than some of these big production movies that you go to the theater to see, but it's a super awesome to see how everything kind of works behind the scenes. And you really get to see the art form of it mm-hmm. uh, when you're in that smaller setting. And yeah, it was just super cool. Like if anybody has the opportunity, like if you love film, if you love movies and you have the opportunity to be an extra in any type of film project, I think you should do it. Take that opportunity. It's just, yeah. I mean, a, it's, it's a really cool experience, but it's also just something really awesome to be able to say, I did this. You know, you may not have a speaking part. You may not really be seen in the, um, you know, that the portion, the, 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 things, yeah. the scene that you're filming, but it's still cool. And it's, you get to say, say that you were a part of this project. Uh, there is a, a, another film that Ashes and I are a part of uh, that's coming out oh my God. later this year. Uh, it's a remake of the film A Star is Born with uh, Bradley Cooper in his directorial debut, I believe, and starring uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah, um, so when we went to the Lady Gaga show last September, somebody came out and said that they were actually looking for some crowd sounds background noise they had microphones set up all over fenway park that's where we were yeah so they had mic'd fenway and we're looking for just a bunch of like woos and cheers and just normal a massive crowd sound so before lady gaga set somebody came out was like hey i just need you to cheer for me and and just just yell the name Allie because that's her character's name in the movie and so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And so he got a couple of takes, um, you know, says, OK, well, uh, and, and apparently he was on the phone at that same time because he's like, OK, Bradley Cooper, does that sound good to you? And it was like, oh, OK, this is kind of cool. But yeah, so obviously we won't be we won't be getting IMDb credits for that. But nope, our- I will. Miscellaneous <laughs> cast and crew. Miscellaneous cast and crew. Mr. Full of himself over Listen, here. I already if you go to IMDb right now. And you take a look at this film. So, you know, I, I'll hold on. Go ahead. Take out your phone. Okay, you got it? Do you want me to take out my phone? Too, no, I'm talking to I the people like, uh, oh, at home. Well, how was are, I supposed to know that? <laughs> that are following along. So you take out your phone. You go to the IMDB app, which you should have because everyone, you know, this is uh, a great uh, a great app to have because... You know, there's there's always like, are you sure this guy was in this movie? Yeah. And you can just like look it up and and find out. Uh, I actually have a uh, it's not in there yet. I'm looking now. Oh, nope, nope. If you look, if you look at uh, it's the third from the bottom. There is a trivia, a piece of trivia that was submitted by me. Oh, God. <laughs> Submitted by me, the first thing I've ever submitted to IMDb. It says, during one of Lady Gaga's concerts at Fenway Park in Boston, microphones were placed around the stadium and fans in attendance were encouraged to chant her character, Allie's name, for use in the film. Thank you very much. One of one people found this interesting as well. So I am at a 100% success rate. Did you like your own comment? I did not, actually. This is actually the first time. <laughs> the look of surprise on your face is just well, hilarious. Well, no, because I... Actually, didn't it was realize not me. I I uh, I called my mom and she did it. No, I yeah, like my mom knows how to navigate <laughs> apps. I was uh, no, she would have your brother show her. I had to um, 
I had to, uh, whatchamacallit, submit it for approval to the Midnight Society. And they uh, they gave me an email and said, all right, you know, we're, we're looking over this. And once it's oh, do they, approved. So if you, you can't just you can't just all type willy it in. Nilly? No. Like they actually they, do some research have, to make yeah, sure that what you're You have to have an IMDB oh, account. wow. So this is legit. And if you look it up right now, it's in there. As of right now, uh, at this recording, it's the third from the bottom. But it is in there. So soon I will also have an IMDb credit. Uh, two. Being, uh, I think uh, how I'm credited in uh, uh, Andrea's movie is uh, Handsome Extra, number four. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Guy in Black Shirt, number two. Something, something along those lines. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we did some other really cool stuff recently. We did. We did. We, uh, we, uh, I helped my brothers move. That's Th- not that cool. It wasn't that interesting. No, it was very hot. Now my, my head is sunburned, so my head is very warm to the touch, uh, which is weird, but really not that weird because, you know, uh it's hot. Where are you going with this? Why nobody cares about your sunburn, Patrick? You know, I was going to lead into a PSA about you know making sure you adequately prepare sun you know your, yourself for being out in the sun because I really wasn't out in the sun all that long, but I still got a uh, a pretty not significant but a pretty good uh, redness going on, and I didn't wear a hat or any sunscreen. So make sure if you're going to go out there. Wear your hat and sunscreen. Check for ticks. Uh, always drink plenty of milk and uh, stay in school. But you, you seem like you had something uh, more relevant to say. Well, yes. You know, probably what we did last weekend. Last weekend. Going into what this episode is about. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, the thing with the people We learned the that staff. you're not good at gambling. Oh, yes. Well, there's we that. that. I, I learned that gambling is not my thing. So, dear mom, you don't have to worry about me. I will not be developing a gambling habit. I'm just an alcoholic. Yes. So. <laughs> and they didn't give us enough free drinks, which was irritating. So, we, we went this past recent time i don't know what today is today's well, at this point it's at it's this been point, it's like a couple of weeks ago yeah yeah yes yeah it was two weeks don't question me i don't i don't know what the hell's going on so it was not today it was a different day and we went down to foxwoods resort casino representing the podcast and a couple of the websites for whom i write and what are those websites that would be my fantasy sports talk and uh just to kind of throw this out there while we're on the topic, uh, fantasy football season's coming up. Yes. And there is a, uh, through myfantasysportstalk.com, we are putting out a uh, fantasy football draft guide and a season preview for all 32 NFL teams. And yours truly, me, Tassie the Angry Nerd, uh, I have two articles that I wrote in that, the Oakland Raiders season preview as well as the New Orleans Saints season preview. Uh, it's a dollar if you get the digital version, and it's seven ninety nine for the print version. That's okay. going to be done through Amazon. I'll be posting links like ad nauseum, so get ready for that. Um, but all the proceeds go to charity. None of it goes to us. It goes to the Wounded Warrior Project and Susan G. Komen Foundation. So 
if you're into fantasy football or you just kind of, you know, maybe you've never gotten into it, maybe you want to try, like Agent Nicole last year joined our fantasy football league, never played fantasy football, ended up winning the whole goddamn thing. So, yeah, she beat me in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm a little I'm still a little butthurt about that. So, you know, pick up a guide, you know, check it out. You know, see if uh see if you like what what we've got there. So either way, even if you're not even a, a huge football fan, this is still something that supports charity. But yeah, that was one of the sites that I was there representing. Mm-hmm. The other is of course Outright Geekery who uh also shares the podcast with the world. I write articles for them as well. Um And where can people find these websites? On the the internet. Well, just if I didn't know if they had specific websites that My you wanted to support. dot dot com. Okay. Outrightgeekery dot com. Okay, I didn't know if they had some like weird <laughs> like backslash like fungasm. Control alt backslash. Plus sign plus sign. Outrightgeekery dot gov. Yes. <laughs> dot edu. <laughs> so yeah, outright geekery is for all like you know comic reviews and things like that. My fantasy sports talk. I've written articles on everything from why I hate LeVar Ball to all the problems I had with Beauty and the Beast to, you know, spoiler free movie reviews. Like there's, you know, if you watch different TV shows, there's a lot so of it's, overlap, it's but more it's a lot a, of different it's a sports and entertainment. It's, yeah, it's sports website. and entertainment. So there's a there's uh, some overlap with some like, you know, because some people will review TV shows on Outright Geekery. They'll also review TV shows. Uh, not the same people, but the same TV shows and movies will be reviewed on both sides. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to sort of get an unbiased opinion from, from two different sides. So, I mean, I occasionally do it myself. But, uh, but yeah, so we were there representing those two sites. Uh, we were there with press credentials, which was very nice. So we got a few interviews, which we'll be talking about after after the break. But uh, there were a few people that we definitely wanted to get that we were able to get. Um, And you never know with these things. Um, Apparently, there was some big news broken at a uh, at a panel that we were not able to get to Mm -hmm. uh, where Ross Marquand, who uh, if you haven't seen Infinity War, uh, put your fingers in your ear and go la 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 for about 40 seconds. Uh, He played uh, Red Skull. In the soul world, uh, where Thanos had to go to get the soul stone, uh, he talked about the possibility and his desire to play Moon Knight, which I think would lend itself very well to one of the Netflix series. So he broke that news at this, you know, relatively small compared to some of the, the major cons like San Diego or Boston or New York. Uh, this relatively small con, he broke that news at a uh, at a panel, you know, answering some some people's questions. So you never know what's going to happen. You just sit in on one of these things, and you know, major bombshell. I don't know if you call it major bombshell, but that's still pretty cool. But especially yeah, very it, relevant and interesting information. Yes, and kind of getting on something that you just mentioned. It was Comic Con down in Connecticut at the Foxwoods Two Casino ends in Con. Um, was a relatively smaller convention. However, you know, and we've been to conventions of all sizes. I think the biggest one we've been to is Rhode Island, which spans over two different centers. Um, yeah, Rhode Island's huge. 
so this one was contained in the ballroom of Foxwoods Casino. And even though it was small, it was really jam-packed with content. So not only did you have a lot of artists, which was amazing to see, um, a lot of unknown artists who we had the opportunity to speak to and talk to about their art and what they were looking to accomplish and what they have coming out in the future and potential guests on future episodes of Throwdown Thursday. So that's really cool. Uh, We also had the opportunity to see a lot of the vendors that were there. Uh, A lot of Funkos. So many Funkos. So many. I think we did a lot of window shopping. We didn't do a lot of purchasing. We tried to... We um, did pick up a couple little things. For mm-hmm. ourselves, but yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like I can't go to a con without buying something. <laughs> well, and it's funny. There's just too much. And a lot of these these um, vendors, I don't know if it's the exact same vendors, but um, you know, you see a lot of similar items. I think you know, like the the folks who do like to customize Lego figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see those. You know, we saw those at Rock and Shock. We saw those at, uh, at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con. Um, it's very, it's very nice to see like consistent uh, vendors who go to all these shows that are around here, um, and as a result, one of the things that I wanted to pick up for you last year at Rock and Shock, but by the time we finally got around to do it, they had sold out. Was the uh, broken lollipop that Sam had from Trick or Treat? Um, somebody happened to have one. We walked by. I was like, "Yep, let me grab that right now." And what's nice is, at least from what I've noticed at the different cons, the prices are always the same. And you won't see, like, uh, like with the Funkos, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one booth that has, you know, you know, one person selling Funkos. And you're like, oh, well, I really want to get this one, but let me see how much it is over there. And you go, you know, walk a couple aisles over and you see the same Funko. And it's the same price. Yeah, the the pricing and stuff is pretty on so point. So people, yeah, people and aren't like trying to undercut each other. There were a lot of hard to find ones. Just this is also pertaining to Funkos. A lot of hard oh, to find yes. ones and ones that I totally want. Uh, yeah, yeah, and ones that we have, which we didn't realize were as valuable as they are. And it's like, oh, this is just a random guy. He's a hundred and twenty dollars. Like, that's pretty great. So another thing that I enjoy about these smaller cons are how uh, the celebrities in the celebrity room are set up. They are more accessible, it feels like, at these smaller conventions than at the larger conventions. Yes, because this, uh, the the Comic Con, again, with two N's, because it's Connecticut, It's so witty. Um, This is done by Altered Reality, who also does... Um, the Rhode Island event. Mm-hmm. And even though it, it's set up differently, like this is in a more condensed area, I would say. Because um, it's obviously not spread out. You know, like the Rhode Island convention is, you know, half of it's in the Dunkin' Donuts Center, like down on the playing surface, you know, where, you know, the hockey team or the basketball teams will be. You know, so that whole area, instead of having, you know, you know, a playing surface is going to have, you know, foot traffic for various celebrities. And that's where, 
you know, the quote unquote higher end celebrities will be, you know, folks that, you know, are going to have longer lines. Like, say, uh, last year they had, uh, you know, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin, Dolph Lundgren, Ian McDiarmid. Um, it's just a bunch of every, a bunch now. of. Like, I forget what those things are called, but it's just a lot of cues, a lot of cues yeah, it's set a, up, you know, to hold a lot of foot traffic and you're not as close. You, you can't just walk by and be like, oh, my God, that's so and so. Or, oh, hey, I love this person in in this movie or TV show or whatever. Um, and celebrities at smaller cons, you know, some of them might have they're a little a more queue set up, accessible. but it's not as large and they're a lot more accessible to the point where we were just able to walk up to some of these people who were kind of, you know, at a break point. They didn't have many people in front of their table at the time. So we were able to just and chat. Yeah. yeah. So we were able to have a decent conversation and we asked some of the attendees a specific question and I feel that we need to answer the question ourselves before we get into delving the answers that other people. So you want to do that and then go to break and we can get everybody else. Yeah, why not? All right. So the question we asked, and I started this last year at Rhode Island and I got some really good responses. Um, You know, if you could go to a con when you were younger, because a lot of folks like, you know, talking to uh, Julian Glover, who's, you know, in his 70s or 80s, there weren't really conventions. Even folks like uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, he, um, he, you know, he was talking about, like, there were really only Star Trek conventions at, at the time, you know, when he was younger. So we asked folks, you know, if you could go to see one of these conventions, you know, who would you go to see? You know, is there somebody specific to your childhood or your, your formative years that you would really want to go to? to see and we got some really good answers um so for me i like i think i know what yours would be so you know just saying that there's no there's no uh no restraint on time limits like you know maybe the person you want to go see has passed away but it doesn't matter like you could go see them in their you know in their prime so, like, you know, if you had said, you know, like, oh, I wanted to go meet Marilyn Monroe, that'd be fine, even though she had mm-hmm. already been dead by the time you were even born. So, for me, it's kind of tough. Like, I definitely uh, would have wanted to meet Adam West. Yeah. That would have been a cool one. Um, I did get to meet one person, have a great interaction with Roddy Piper. Like, that was a really cool, uh, cool time getting a chance to meet him. Um, but I mean, the only other person I think that I would really want to meet that would just like, I'd be totally blown away. Like I've met like the cast of the warriors. Like I've met them, Bill Murray. I've met Bill Murray, you know? Um, but if we're going to go with people that I haven't met that I would really want, uh, Stephen King, I think would be one. It's a good answer. Yeah. Solid answer. Or Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah. I met John Landis, so they could have done, like, a making a thriller thing and, like, the two of them there. But those lines would have been, like, out the building, down the street, into the next town over. You would have had to have started camping out, like, Before two the convention even started, yeah. 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 
Um, I think mine, uh, some of them are probably pretty self-explanatory and like, duh. Um, I would have loved to have met the cast of Mary Poppins. You know, Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke. Linus so you're Johns. saying you would have taken some dick pics? I would have taken so many dick pics. Just clicking with the dick. Um, yeah, I think if, you know... Something like that had come out now as opposed to in the 1960s. Um, maybe they would have done conventions because a lot of Disney actors and obviously we know Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars and all that. They do a lot of uh, the conventions. Yes. So I feel like Disney would have taken that opportunity to promote their film. By having the cast do a panel and signings and meet and greets at a convention, probably San Diego or maybe New York. But I definitely would have. Julie Andrews is just on my list of lists. I would give I up any a few things thing um, to meet her and. I love everything she does. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote down three sets of initials. Yeah. And Julie Andrews was one of them. So. Okay. Um, this next person, again, probably comes as no surprise, is Tim Curry. who I didn't write Tim Curry down. Cause is actually going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con in this why. November. And I'm really hoping that I have the opportunity to meet him and take a picture with him. So... I'm really hoping to jump on yeah, we're doing that and everything purchase we can what I need that. to purchase yeah. um, to make that happen because I know he's been through a lot. I know that he's not in as great of shape as he's been in the past. And he's not I, as healthy as he has been. Right. And I feel like if I don't take advantage of this opportunity, I'm really going to kick myself. Yes. Um, another one. So even though I had some great like interactions with her i never had the opportunity to meet her and that is stephanie germanata also known as lady gaga i would kill to meet lady gaga and have a picture taken with her and be her best friend like i just well, want to we'll be probably her friend be invited and... to the red carpet premiere well, seeing obviously, as how we're in the movie. obviously because you know uh, we're just super famous now and that's just what happens um but yeah, I would absolutely love, 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 love to meet her and RuPaul. Obviously, I wax poetically about RuPaul all the time and I would love to meet RuPaul, but not only RuPaul. I would love to meet some of the other drag queens. And what's super cool is that a lot of these drag queens from RuPaul's drag race. Yeah, Sharon Needles is one of my faves. Um do tour a lot and they also do meet and greet packages as well so it's not like the opportunity to meet them isn't there and if you are a fan definitely go out and support them and just to plug this if you are a fan of drag queens and drag race go out and support your local drag queens they are working their asses off just because they aren't on a TV show doesn't mean that they're not special. They are awesome and amazing and fucking fabulous. Go support your local drag queen scene. Um, that's all I can really think of right off. See, I had, I had three things written down. Okay. Julie Andrews, Freddie yeah. Mercury, and David Bowie. Oh, 
yeah. For, oh, I Those wasn't are the even, three th- that I wasn't I wrote even down. really thinking music. Well, see, y- you had mentioned Labyrinth earlier today in a conversation that we were having when we were doing some some prep for the oh, shows. David so Bowie's I figured bald. you were going to say yes. David Bowie. Yeah. So I think with that, uh, we've gone about 30 minutes plus, so we should probably head to a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of the interviews we had, some of the folks that we talked to, and... I have a really awesome story uh, about Kane Hodder, so uh, we'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebag. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too, too much because we didn't go that far. I hope you missed us so much. I hope you're like, oh, my God, I don't think I can go on. They went away. When are they coming back? I think that's what my cats do when I leave. No, zombie doesn't care. I I like to think that they care. She doesn't. 
like to think that she's sitting at home like, oh my God, my human, my person left. I don't know what to do with myself. I guess I'm just going to eat a bunch of food and take a nap and wait for you to come home. I wish I could do that. Yeah, I want to eat food and take a nap. Can I just go home and watch Desperate Housewives? Desperate toe bags. <laughs> I don't like that show. Those people are terrible. I think it's funny and it's fun and it's actually pretty well written. Oh, I'm not denying and that. It's, I just it's really funny and very well acted because the actresses in real life, for the most part, aren't anything like the characters that they portray. I should hope not because those it's people just are terrible. Fun. It's just sometimes you just you mean to tell me that you don't watch things that are completely opposite of of you like you don't watch things and enjoy things that are kind of out of your realm of being see i watch game of thrones but i too would feed alfie allen to a pack of hungry dogs so you're not saying that you would totally take advantage of your blind husband and get a handicap pass so you can park in the handicap spots so running from the car to the store in your heels don't hurt your feet? You wouldn't do that? No, I would not. Ah, it's just smart. So, like we were saying before the break, we uh, interviewed a few people and we got some very interesting answers. And I think we should just go in the order in which we interviewed people and talk about those interviews. As some people may know, this may come to a shock to some people, but I like sharks. I like shark movies. This is news to me. I know, especially if uh, they they, uh, listen to the Danger is Rising episode where we interviewed the cast of Megalodon in their first exclusive interview. Uh, Just saying. Uh, that was episode 101, in case you're looking to go through the back catalog. Um, so one of the guests at the convention, actually the first guest we talked to, is in a film. It is the sixth in the series that is coming out uh, later this summer. And she is an integral part of the plot. And I, have, um, I am, of course, talking about Tara Reid from the forthcoming Sharknado 6, It's About Time. She was also in all of those American Pie movies back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Also Sharknado She's also in Josie and the Pussycats. Um, she's done some other lesser known stuff. She was known for partying with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton back in like 2001. Yeah, I mean, I know she was... Uh, she was featured in Maxim, I believe, quite a bit as with the uh, other young ladies from uh, American Pie. Shannon mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Uh, Natasha Leone. Um, uh, Allison. Allison Hannigan. Yes. I was trying to remember her name, and all yes. I could think of was... Uh, Marshall and Lily from How yeah, I Met Your Mother. Lily. <laughs> so, we spoke to her first. Yeah. And we, uh, she was there. She was... Uh, very relaxed with her little tiny puppy. Oh my goodness, her dog was so cute. He was a couple months old. Yeah, I very think she very said tiny puppy. Super duper tiny teacup Yorkie, 
and uh, just freaking adorable. She was putting him in her hoodie pocket. Yeah, and he was just, just kind of chilling. chilling in the in the hoodie pocket. That's um, how little he was. She was super nice. She was. She was very very, very nice, sweet. Um, um, gave us a rather interesting answer to the question. She actually changed her answer from the time we started asking her because she didn't want to be like surprised with anything because she did, you know. Uh, she did give us the uh, opportunity to record her response. Um, and she originally had said in her answer, you know, who would you have gone to go see at a convention? Her initial answer was Brad Pitt. Yes. But, you know, we got to talking a little bit and she changed her answer because she had met Brad Pitt. So she wanted to make it someone she had never met. And I didn't realize she had never met this person. But uh, she had said Johnny Depp. Well, I mean, it kind of yeah, makes sense that maybe they it does met. Uh, but I asked, you know, what was it any specific role, you know, uh, growing up? Because she's roughly my age. So we would have grown up seeing the same things like 21 Jump Street, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, you know things Edward like that. Scissorhands. Yeah. And she said, nope, just Johnny Depp. Just, like, uh, yeah, she's all of it. Just everything that he's done. Um, so that was cool. We kind of talked, uh, talked. Yeah, Johnny chatted. Depp a yeah. little bit uh, spoke about some of his maybe lesser known movies, stuff that she hadn't actually checked out. And like Black Mass. Yeah. Yeah. So she was very eager to find that and look that up. But yeah, she was very pleasant. And we did uh, we did have a chat about, um, the about working with Asylum. Yeah. And the upcoming Sharknado film. Yep. And, um, and about how sometimes acting for these films can be more work than acting for well I'll I'll just say non bigger asylum budget, bigger budget yeah, films yeah non asylum acting film. for a smaller budget is a lot more uh, difficult sometimes than working for a bigger budget cuz like we pointed out with uh, a couple of uh, interviews that I that we've done and that I've done uh like with Paulina Laurent who is also in Triassic World as well as the upcoming Megalodon mm-hmm. um you know, she said, you know, Tara Reid, I'm, I'm referring to, had said, you know, it's harder to, you know, try to act like you're uh, being self-aware that, you know, this is a campy movie that, you know, you're not trying to do a serious role as opposed to, um, you know, when you're actually like, OK, I really have this depth of character or this specific you know, mindset I have to get into. This is, you know, you know, I believe in this, at at this point in the Sharknado film, she has a cybernetic arm that has multiple attachments, like, you know, drills and lasers and saws and things like that. So there's a bit of a a campiness to that. Yeah. And she said that, you know, as far as these films go, because the writing, the script can get a little silly that if you don't, act like really act it's going to just be bad but not not bad in the good way like awesomely bad but just really bad so you really have to be aware of how you're presenting yourself what you're reading and what you're doing exactly exactly um so we chatted with her for about five minutes but she needed to go take her dog out you know get him some air she wanted to get some air herself it was it was very warm out that weekend, but uh, it was nicely, uh, the climate was nicely controlled in the casino. So she uh, she went out, and so it's like, okay, let's move on. Let's talk to somebody else. And 
just uh, maybe 20 feet away from her was another booth of someone that, you know, I knew I wanted to talk to and uh, ask the same question to. And that is, of course, the five-time WWE champion, Mr. Booker T. So we got to chat with Mr. Booker T, who is, uh, is a very large man. Um, like sometimes you see people on TV or in movies and they seem like they're a lot bigger than they actually are. Uh, Danny Trejo comes immediately to mind. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Trejo, you always think that he's like this huge, huge guy. and He's like 6'5", and he's just, he's not in real life. He's like 5'7", five, 5'9", five, somewhere in that, in that area. Uh, so sometimes what you're expecting, like when I met the, 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 the folks from the Warriors, you know, because I had seen all these movies, I'm expecting these guys that are like, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know. And they were all roughly the same size as me. It was... Uh, you know, as height wise, you know, it's it's interesting. And then you meet somebody like Bill Murray, who's like six three. So it kind of throws your perception off. But yeah, Booker T, very, very large, very muscular man. Uh, he was very, very nice to us. Um, we asked him the same question and he came up with two answers that no one had come up with up until that point. He said uh, based on his childhood, based on what he uh, enjoyed watching as a kid he would have wanted to have met Adam West and the Three Stooges so of course I needed to know are you a curly man or a shemp man and he said both but only curly or shemp mm-hmm. that's it you know once it got to the point where everybody was like you know they were only doing it because they needed the money because they had these mounting medical bills and you know, it's like Curly Joe and regular Joe and it just it wasn't as good anymore because they were they weren't enjoying it. They were doing it because they had to. And he brought up a good point. He goes, they would have made so much money just in like picture fees. Right. Could you imagine the photo ops that they could have done? Yeah. And they wouldn't have had to have continued to like injure themselves and harm themselves for well, and think about it amusement. pretty much every and not to sound sexist but pretty much every male that i've come into contact with has loved like held a special place in their heart oh, yeah. for the three stooges like my dad used to love it i know you love it your brothers love it your dad loves it my dad it. introduced us you know yeah, um, those those tv 38 we uh, have the, the 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 marathons well for you a stooges guy yourself or uh the Stooges not one of your things. No, I am. Uh, my dad was a huge fan of the Stooges, so I kind of grew up on them. And we, we know MZ loves him some Larry Fine. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like that alone, you know, if they had done conventions or meet and greet something, they could have made a lot of money. And a lot of people would have been really happy. Like, imagine, like, you as a kid. Oh, I would have loved to have met Larry Fine. Right? Like, how Or Mo Howard. Would have that, like, that would have been. And, you know, I think that, you know, when I discover time travel, um, you know, that's no, one of those not things. Not if, but when. Well, it's time travel, so. I think one of the things that I need to do is go back and, you know, 
if we're able to help the Stooges out a little bit, maybe they don't go down that such a dark path. You know, maybe we they start doing tours, you know, live shows, things like that. You know, maybe they can extend their careers because they don't they can spend time. You know, like okay, we'll make our our TV shows and our shorts and stuff, but you know, we don't have to do it every single day. Maybe we can go on tours and you know, like other TV shows, we'll have like a season. Like okay, we're done rapping, and the show is airing now. We can go promote it, you know, like what the right. Walking Dead do yeah. at all their conventions. So, I think that would be. That I mean, would be how they could nice. have a con- so uh, if you're working on time con, travel, like yeah, if you, all the secondary characters, like all all the different people that play roles, uh, it would have been great. So, if you're working on time travel, uh, I know uh, our buddy Jim Smith of Teal does have a DeLorean. So I don't know if it's functional or not. Uh, I know our buddy Brandon also has a flux capacitor sitting on his kitchen table. Uh, maybe you guys link up, go back in time, help the Stooges out. I don't know. But uh, we also had another uh, a very nice interaction with... Uh, we spent the rest of the time kind of talking to vendors and artists and... Why don't you describe our next our next artist because she was definitely somebody that we wanted to meet. She is just delightful, colorful, mm-hmm. eccentric, yes, talented, very outgoing. Uh, Holly Golightly, yes. She was such a delight to have the opportunity to have a conversation with, mm-hmm. and I love one of the things I love about cons is the people watching. And a lot of people watching, a lot of cosplay, a lot of just, you know, people letting it all hang out. A lot of people just presenting themselves as they are. A lot of people really excited to be there. A lot of people really tired from walking around the con all day. There's just so much to see. And Holly Golightly definitely brings that to the con. She was dressed to the T. She is absolutely gorgeous, but so fucking talented and her artwork is amazing yes so having the opportunity to sit there and kind of you know we she has brightly colored hair i have brightly colored hair so you know chatting about hair upkeep and she nails complimented and, your dress saying you know, that she yeah, almost she, <laughs> wore the exact same dress you know and clothing and stuff like it's kind of awesome to geek out girl out a little bit with you know some of the other con goers and you know artists and vendors and celebrities and stuff so um, like Tara Reed and I were talking lipstick, you know, briefly. Yes. Um, you know, so that's just it's just kind of fun being able to do that. But yeah, Holly Golightly was wonderful. Yeah, she is uh, of Broadsword Comics, and she was one of the things I wanted to talk to her about. And this is something that I've spoken at length with. Uh, I did a series of articles last year around Halloween uh, for October. I did Women in Horror because. I feel like not enough women in the horror genre, be it, you know, writers, directors, actresses, what have you. Underrepresented. Yes. And they don't get as much credit as they should. So I did several interviews with folks and, you know, they get exposure, but it's not the right kind of exposure. And one of the questions I had for them was, you know, what type of difficulties do you face being you know, uh, a woman in a male-dominated industry. 
And I was surprised because I thought we were going to hear, uh, you know, a horror story or, or two. Because you hear so many of these like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't taken seriously. I was told, well, I shouldn't write like this. I was told that my the genre that I write well, isn't the genre I no, write. No, but it's true. It's like, this. Just, just speaking from, I mean, I know I'm not a, a writer or an entertainer, but the field that I, I work in, my day job, is primarily male-dominated. And I, I do have some of those stories about how I've really had to fight to be taken seriously in certain you know, situations, situations yeah. circumstances and stuff. So, you know, uh, um, it's a story that a lot of women have. And the answer we received was... Not the answer we were expecting, but the answer but, we were hoping for. Right. She's like, well, you know, it was I've, refreshing. Yeah, she's like, I've never really had any issues. You know, I came in, I applied for one job, and I was told that that job, you know, I forget what she said either was, you know, like that specific comic wasn't going to go forward because maybe the pilot wasn't as well received, like the initial run wasn't mm-hmm. as well received. But they're like, you know what? You'd be perfect for this other series. And then she ended up doing uh, a series of adult comics where she worked with a lot of uh, porn actresses. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know what? We specifically want to work with you because they just they really clicked. And I think especially where, you know, if you're a porn actress, you know, you'll... <sighs> It's unfortunate. There's, There's a specific stigma that goes around with well, that. And not only that, there, you know, she developed a relationship with a lot of these actresses where there was, um, you know, mutual understanding and mutual a comfortable respect. factor. Yes. Yes. And like, we don't mind, you know, posing nude or, you know, what have you. And like, they, bo- you know, they would share stories of the different, you know, industries like, Oh, well, you know, I did this and, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, this is how I got into this. And, you know, and she would share the stories of how she got it to the point where she was, where she was, you know, doing the art. So I thought that was uh, it was a really nice, really refreshing story to hear because so often you hear like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know you know, this happened or that happened. And it was so often you hear of women in certain industries being held back and put down strictly based on their gender it has nothing to do yes. with their talent. It has nothing to do with what they bring to the table, what they have to offer and has everything to do with their gender. And we all know that that is bullshit, right? Not Bulbasaur. It's not Bulbasaur, no. <laughs> no, side note, um, I went to type that's bullshit in t- uh, text message to somebody today, and autocorrect decided that it needed to change bullshit to Bulbasaur. So, yeah, the Pokemon. Which makes so, me wonder how often you're typing Bulbasaur. Well, it, this is after the phone update fiasco. Yeah. So all of my learned words has been, you know, have been wiped out and yeah, now too. I'm left with ducking and bulbs. <laughs> so we spent about 15 minutes with her and I'm going to be writing up articles based on all of these specific interviews because I really want to give them the attention that they deserve. And, you know, unfortunately, where we're trying to cover a variety of topics on the podcast, we can't do that. But uh, we also talked to Arthur Sidam, 
which was he's another uh, uh, artist that I really wanted to talk to. Um, he did the artwork for Marvel Zombies, and he also did a lot of the covers for the Walking Dead comics. Uh, and he, you know, was telling us it's funny how the the path that he took to become an artist. You know, he like he was saying how he was classically trained and some of the he like he had to take some anatomy classes where they would like dissect cadavers to really learn, you know, how the muscles attach to bone and like really get into the anatomy and physiology of, you know, humans and various animals. So when this Marvel Zombies thing came around, like he was the perfect guy to do it because he had such an intensive working knowledge of you know, how the human body, how everything connected and meshed and worked together. So he could do some really detailed, gory drawings. And, uh, you know, we talked about how we didn't buy a lot of stuff at the convention. Well, one of the things I bought, again, because I like sharks, uh, it's a parody of the Jaws poster. And it's Deadpool swimming along at the top. But there's like a giant zombie Deadpool face underneath representing you know the shark uh it's really cool i'll post a picture of it uh it's really it, it was like 25 bucks and he signed it came with a certificate of authenticity really cool uh i was expecting it to be more to be honest with you but um you know we spent about 15 20 minutes chatting with him about you know various various aspects of how he was trained you know his his path from being eight years old and being classically trained in new york to, you know, working for DC, working for Marvel. Uh, he had some interesting, uh, much as uh, Holly Golightly did as well, uh, talk about the different people that they've interacted with in the industry and uh, their impressions of them. And I think uh, I want to just touch on something with Holly Golightly real quickly. Um, and I'll obviously get into this a little bit more when I write the article, but she and I bonded over our mutual dislike of Joss Whedon, and uh, she gave me yet one more reason not to like that guy. So the last person we interviewed during the day, officially interviewed, was a local author. And I just want to, and I'm sorry, not a local author, a local artist. Uh, and it's Ipswich Art is the name of the Facebook page. So you can go right to the Facebook page. And the gentleman who, who, uh, who, who is the proprietor, we'll say, is a gentleman named Steve Bartha. And we spent several minutes talking with him about his art. Because he, he cited one of his... Uh, influences as R. Crumb, which I thought was fantastic. I've never heard anyone cite R. Crumb as one of their influences for their art. And he has like these cool little alien characters and uh, it's it's hard to describe if you don't see it, but we're definitely going to post a little link 
in the in the uh, oh yeah absolutely and he's one of those we're hoping to have him on as a guest yes. at some point in the future um but yeah it was really cool so he's the creator and it's almost like a small business yes that he's running you know the, the the creator the artist the he does the writing he does everything um for this this art that he's creating, which is ultimately, I believe, going to be a comic book. Yeah, he series. does a cartoon. I'm looking. Uh, there's a picture of his booth there, and it's Ipswich Art. So Facebook.com/slash Ipswich Art. Uh, he has a Patreon. So Patreon.com/slash Ipswich Art. Ipswich underscore Art. Ipswich Art at Gmail.com. Uh, he's f- local to Connecticut. He's, uh, I believe, he said he's located in Milford, Connecticut. And some of his drawings, it's. It's amazing. Like he's got some random paint stuff, and there was uh, a couple of things that were very MC Escher meets Andy Warhol, like infinitely repeating patterns of characters. Like just absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of people think like, "Oh, you're just drawing a cartoon. It's really not that difficult." It's like, no, it's it's tough. It's um, it's really interesting and it's really um it's time consuming cuz like this is a character that i guess he had been working on since he was in you know grade school and you know he, you can tell that he's put a lot of his heart and soul into this so i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of uh his work and it was really great chatting with him and yeah. like i said you know or like you said you know it's really uh It'll be interesting to get him on the show and, and, you know, really pick his brain more. It always blows my mind sometimes how the human race can be so unbelievably creative. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have brains, you know, but everyone's brain is... Not all of us. <laughs> no, no, this no, is, not, yeah. Not everyone. Okay. Apparently, you don't, be, you, don't, you don't have to have a brain to be president now, so... Yeah. <laughs> Just as long as you have a very good organ and a mouth. A little, a little asterisk next to that. We all have brains. Asterisk. <laughs> Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Right? Uh, I f- oh, God, I feel that. Um, but anyways, it's always to me how... You know, we all are made similarly. You know, we all have the same ultimate makeup, but people are so diverse and have so many different passions and so many different things that they excel at. And, you know, people use different sides of their brain in a multitude of ways. And that just always fascinates me. So I love it because I'm, I'm, you know, tend to be creative. I can be creative, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I tend to be more of a scientific mindset. So I really enjoy people using the other side of their brain that I just can't, can't quite get in touch with. Creative as opposed to analytical. Yes. So yeah, I mean like that was really cool. And while we were there, we ran into a friend of ours who we knew was there. Our good friend, Melissa, who was on our show, uh, Oh, what the hell is the name of that? The the Hellraiser show. Something like... Cinnabite Crunch? I don't know. <laughs> no. Cinnabites? Cinnabites. I'll have to look it up. But, uh, but anyway, she was on an episode where we spoke about 
Hellraiser, primarily Pinhead. Repulsive Glamour. Yes. That's what it was. I was trying to remember the name. I had to flip through my notebook. But she was on, and, you know, uh, we chatted with her while we were at the convention. Yeah. uh, Because she loves you. Uh, Well, and I love her. She's amazing and fabulous and has her own show that we will post the link to in our Facebook page. If we haven't already. I think we may have shared it. We have a few times. But it never hurts to do it again. Exactly. Also on Twitter, I'm always sharing her stuff when I come across it. Um, But she was like, hey, you know. You know, we, we we chatted about, you know, the con and how things were going. And she's like, hey, do you guys want to go meet Kane Hodder? Because apparently they're, they're friends. So it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go meet Kane Hodder, you know, and chat with him. So we went and we, we chatted with Kane Hodder for a little bit. And while we were chatting with Kane Hodder, um, another couple of people came over who were from a podcast. I'm not going to name the podcast because I'm not going to throw people under the bus. But they kind of interrupted the conversation we were having to chat with him. And it's like, okay, fine. I get it. You're excited. Okay. Not a big deal. And one of the gentlemen from that show said, I want to I wanna interview you. You know, I, if you have some time, I'd love to chat. Which is fine because that's essentially what we've been doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, we stood off to the side and waited while people chatted, but, you know, we didn't interrupt anyone. But, you know, again, sometimes people get nervous and can't control their impulses. I get it. It's And the gentleman said, well, once I'm done chatting with you, you know, I, I also want to interview Lance Hendricks. To which Kane Hodder resp- responded, who? And he said, Lance Hendricks. Kane then looked at me and said, you want to tell him? So I turned to the gentleman. I said, Lance Henriksen. And he's like, Hendrickson? Kane Hodder says, no, there's no D. I immediately got into angry nerd mode. Because if you're going to come over and you're going to talk to someone about interviewing them, you'd best get their name right. Well, especially with redacted the name of their podcast. Yes, if you're yeah. going to call yourself that, you should probably yes. know your shit. So I was very irritated, and I said, how dare you dishonor one of the two men who have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator? To which Kane Hodder said, is that true? And I said, it is. He said, well, who's the other? I said, Bill Paxton. For those of you who are unaware, Bill Paxton was at the beginning of Terminator when we were first introduced to Arnold Schwarzenegger. When Arnold says, give me your, you know, your clothes, give them to me now. He's one of the three people uh, that are there. The other guy ended up playing like Shao Kahn in the uh, Mortal Kombat movie. He was also Buffalo Bob from Joe Dirt. I, for the life of me, can't remember his name, but... Uh, it was him and Bill Paxton. Paxton had the, the weird mohawk and, like, the tire tread pattern on his face. So Terminator killed him there. Lance Henriksen, who was also supposed to be the Terminator in early drafts, uh, was, of course, in that film as one of the police officers that was killed when the Terminator, you know, ran rampant through the uh, police station trying to get Kyle Reese and, and Sarah Connor. 
He was killed by a predator. Uh, Bill Paxton was in Predator 2. And he was killed... He and Lance were both killed by aliens in Aliens. Mm -hmm. So in two of the movies, they both got killed together, but they were killed separately by Predators. Bill Paxton in Predator 2. And Lance Henriksen in Alien vs. Predator, where the Predator... He was actually... He was essentially playing... Uh, uh, the human who was who would later be uh, modeled for the android bishop, but he had lung cancer, and he was uh, initially dismissed by the predator. It's like, well, there's no honor in this hunt, and he said, "Don't you turn your back on me!" And he turned around and lit a flare in front of his oxygen tank and kind of. Shot flame at the at the predator, who then turned around and killed him. So Kane Hodder was seemed to be fascinated by this fact that I I guess he was uh, unaware of which he was unaware, and he's like, well, I got to go ask him. Now Lance Henriksen's table was know, about fifteen feet away, if that, because uh, there was like a set of double doors in between them, you know, for a fire exit, and directly next to. Uh, Lance Henriksen was Robert Englund. So Kane Hodder gets up, walks over. Lance Henriksen's doing a uh, a photo op, and Kane Hodder photo bombs them. But the young lady who was taking the picture didn't want to take the picture with him in in there. And honestly, if Kane Hodder wants to photo bomb me while I'm getting a picture taken with Lance Henriksen, please fucking do. Oh, I'm fucking taking the picture. Please fucking do. Yes. So. He goes over, and you can see him talking to Lance, and Lance like, yeah, yeah, I know, you know. And uh, Lance turns to me. He's got a significant line at this point. So, you know, I, I would have loved to have chatted with him, shaken his hand for a minute, you know, told him how much of a big fan I am, but didn't really have the opportunity. But he just turned, kind of pointed at me, and, like, you know, acknowledged the fact, like, hey, you know, thanks for, you know, knowing that fact about me, I guess, you know. But, like, that was just really cool just seeing him going, like, yeah, yeah. And funny story, that following Monday, I was watching a YouTube video uh, from the YouTube channel What Culture, and they were talking about seven movie myths you still believe. And the number one movie myth was that Lance Henriksen was killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator. And I don't normally leave comments on, on YouTube videos unless it's like, oh, like, comment, and subscribe to win this prize. So I said, you know, I have to respectfully disagree with you here because I was involved in a conversation not two days ago about this very subject with Lance Henriksen. And he is of the opinion that he was killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. So I'm... Gonna side with him. So, yeah, I know technically he was like shut down, but he was ripped in half. And when Ripley reactivated him in Alien 3, he was like, Yep, I'm pretty fucked up. Just shut me down because I'm in a lot of, uh, I'm very much damaged. But what about Lance Hendricks? <laughs> Lance Hendricks. Uh, was he killed by all three? He was not. Lance Hendricks was not. <laughs> Um. But yeah. Uh, so that's my 
That's my cool story about Kane Hodder. And uh, he liked you a lot. Well, I, um, yeah, we, I don't really remember how we got talking about this, but um, we got talking about, like, our day jobs, and... No, he literally just asked, yeah, what do you do? Okay, yeah, <laughs> and so, you know, Patrick was like, oh, she's a biochemist, and he's like, oh, yeah, what's your degree in? So I told him... And he said, oh, my, my son just got his master's in, uh, like, marine conservation. And he's going to be a liaison for a, a law firm uh, dealing with cases uh, as far as marine conservation goes. Mm-hmm. So we got talking about how he's very grateful for the path that he has led as far as being an actor and a stuntman. But when his his children stuntman, what <laughs> stuntman? Stuntman? Stunt? I said stuntman. Use a stuntman. Just can you not do that right now? Superman. I'm in the middle of a story. Can you just let me say my words in peace, Hot please? In oh my god! I'm put my um, face on the AC. So, anyways, he went on to say how he was very relieved when his children decided that they did not want to delve down a similar road. They wanted to go to school. They wanted to do things that weren't in the entertainment business. And he said that he was just absolutely knowing what he's been through and what he's put his body through. He was very, very, very... uh, thrilled to hear that so it was cool i was kind of briefly talking science with kane hodder and i never thought i would have that kind of conversation that that you know kind of interaction but i did and that was really cool yeah it's uh, again it's one of those like you never know what type of interactions you're going to have with people because you you know you see one side of them right Right, but I mean, it was just so cool because you know we see Kane Hodder; he's a killing machine as Jason. He's a killing and Victor machine, Crowley. And, you know, Victor Crowley and in, in ha- the Hatchet movies, and he's in so many other stuff where he's just so menacing. But to just have like a just down to earth conversation with him about just you know he's just talking about his kids. Yeah, like that was really cool. I I you know was very thankful, grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. So. He's so nice. That's the thing. You know, these conventions, you do get horror stories of people meeting people and they're not the nicest or they're cranky or they're tired or whatever. But you have to realize that, you know, you're meeting a human. Sure, there's celebrity, but, you know, there's still a person. You know, and they have bad days and they have off moments. And, you know, at a convention, yeah, they're working, you know. So think about how you are while you're at work. You may not be always be the most pleasant person to be around. Um, So you have to kind of keep that in mind when meeting these people. But when you do have like a very candid, unexpected interaction with someone, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah, there's something that's like really unique about that. And it's. It's not what you go to the convention for, but, you know, we also look at things differently. Like, we don't try to impose anything on folks. We don't want to... Like, we understand that they're already dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of fans over, you know, two, three days, you know. Well, and here's the thing. 
they don't owe us anything. They don't owe you anything. Right. They, you've already been entertained by them. They've already done their job. So if you're standing in line to purchase something from them, then, then yes, please do. But, you know, for us working the con for, Mm -hmm. you know, lack of of better wording, you know, um, trying to get interviews for the websites that, you know, Patsy writes for and trying to make connections for the podcast and, just trying to see what else is out there. You know, we are really doing it with selfish intentions almost. We want people to donate their time to us so that we can get a piece of them, either, you know, a little blurb of an Mm -hmm. interview or, you know, pictures. And that's the thing, you know, I didn't ask the celebrities for pictures, but the artists that we ran into uh, and had the opportunity to interview. We took, you know, we took some pictures of them while interviewing them. So we could use that for the print for the media, you know, once you're finished with the articles. Uh, but these people don't owe you anything. And so the fact that people are willing to, whether it's just, you know, take a minute or two to answer our questions in between uh, guests or, you know, while they're getting ready to go on break, um, very grateful. Yes. Very grateful. Yeah, and also try to remember if you're if you're looking to be if you're looking to meet a celebrity, and know their name. Know their name first <laughs> and foremost. Uh, you know, maybe do some research on who they are so you can have something intelligent to talk to. Because nothing's worse. It's like, oh, have you ever seen this? It's like you were in that. I thought it was Lance Hendricks, and you know Jimmy's brother. And shower, wear deodorant, like the, one of the number one turnoffs of, of folks at cons. And I can tell you just from walking around, like passing by people, if you don't have time to shower, maybe you're coming right from work or whatever. Deodorant works really well. It's not expensive. Um, you remember, if you're going to be in close proximity with these people and you're a fan of their work, like that's like the first line of respect. Don't don't smell yeah. bad. I mean, like I try to bring gum or mints or something. So, you know, because I also like to drink coffee. So I'm trying not to be too gross and smelly. I wear clean clothes for once. Yeah. Like that one one. He takes his monthly shower. Yeah. Whether I need it or not. But uh Yeah. So I think uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead. We'll take our last break. We'll come back. We've got a little bit of wrap-up stuff. We have some battle results. Yes. Uh, We have some, uh, I don't want to say foreshadowing, but some previews of coming attractions. That's a good way to put it. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be right back to wrap things up. Hello. This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. This is Emma. You're you so down Sunday. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. (laughs) 
And that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, diddly ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. 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 And we're back. Hey, everybody. I hope you didn't miss us too much it's again, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised books, if you did. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this uh, little retelling of the stories that we had of uh, Comic-Con at Foxwoods Resort Casino uh, put on again by uh, Altered Reality. Uh, they're not a sponsor. I just wanted to make sure everybody gets proper credit. Um, so... Next week, we have some good stuff coming up. But first, I want to get to our battle results because I was very disappointed in the battle results. How so? Uh, well, if you recall, our battle last week was old versus new, old guard versus new guard. Uh, Hope Van Dyme and uh, Paul Rudd, Scott, Scott, Scott Lang. Lang. I was going to say Scott Van Pelt. And I knew that was wrong. He's an anchor for ESPN. So Hope Van Dyne and Scott Lang versus uh, as Ant-Man and Wasp versus the original Ant-Man and Wasp, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. And Hope and Scott won uh, 52 votes. 40 of them were for Hope and Scott. So just shy of 80%. Wow. So almost four out of every five votes. So like 79 and change percent. I've been so. hearing really good things about this movie. So Patsy and I haven't had the opportunity to go see Ant-Man and Wasp yet. It is on our radar. We plan on going to see it at some point. Um, but I've heard nothing but good things about this movie. I'm interested to see it because I'm concerned about the quantum realm. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm concerned about the quantum realm. I am concerned about the Hello Kitty Pez that gets blown up in the end of one of the trailers. Yes. Very concerned. I need to see how that ends. So, Dear Hello Kitty Pez, I hope you are okay. If you voted for Hope and Scott, uh, you were on the winning side. I did not. I voted for uh, I voted for Janet and Hank, even though Hank is an abusive sack of shit in the comics. Um that is neither here nor there. But he's there. not in the movie, so he's that's good. He's not in the movie, but that we see. So next week, we're going to be covering a long overdue character. We're going to be covering R.J. McCready from 1982's The Thing and 1938's uh, Who Goes There, the novel that uh, The Thing was based on. Mm-hmm. And we'll be joined by a very special guest, uh, guest who has uh, joined us before our very good friend 
Jeremy McFarlane, host of the In the Mountains of Cinema Madness podcast. He, uh, if you were on with our uh, our the drawing of the three Jeremys episode yeah. for uh, the Dark Tower, um, he was one of the three Jeremys, obviously, and yeah. he will be coming back. He's a huge fan of not only The Thing, but also MacReady. Uh, because McCready, of I course, think just Kurt Russell and I was going to say because he's played by Kurt Russell. Uh, we have a very interesting battle for you next week. I think you're really going to enjoy I'm this. Really this is this is this one, one of the better battles we've come up with. Uh, but yeah. Um, also, before I forget, because I don't want to forget, if it hasn't aired this week, it'll air next week. But uh, I was a guest on the Best Darn Diddly Review Show with what? our good buddies, Miles and Richie. You were on a Simpsons podcast? I know, weird, right? You know right? nothing about the Simpsons. Uh, we covered the season six episode, Homer the Great. Uh, some of you might know it as the Stonecutters episode. Uh, very excited for this. It is a two-parter because... Uh, you talk a lot. I talk a lot, and I talk a lot about The Simpsons. So I was forced. Again, I forced them to turn this into two episodes. Mind blown. I don't think Miles wanted it to be two episodes, but that's kind of my fault. I don't really think that's the sound that a mind makes when it's blown, but we'll go with that. Pew, pew. pew. But uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher. Uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, that's the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. And I believe they have a milestone they episode do. coming up, too, so um, that's exciting. So I was kind of I was kind of excited when I was told that it was uh, a two-part episode because that means I was on episodes 98 and 99, which means they've got their 100th episode coming up. Uh, actually, another uh, show... Uh, that has some guests that may be joining us in September. Uh, the Zeng This podcast, they just celebrated their 100th numbered episode because they've done some specials and things. Um, they've recently been covering a lot of the Harry Potter films, uh, and they've done a really nice job with that, so I suggest checking that out. That's Zeng This, Z-E-N-G, Zeng This podcast. Uh, there's some good people over there, so check those folks out. And... Um, I think that's about it. I just want to say, uh, if you get a chance, check out the Somebodies Network, because you're never alone if you've got somebodies. And um, I think with that being said, we're going to wrap things up, and we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>